Hello and welcome to Everyday Women. I'm Allison Bunker. And I'm Malvika with Haven. And today we have with us Story Bernstein. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Story will ask you the question we ask all of our guests when we begin is if you could design a perfect peanut butter and jelly sandwich, what would it be? Ooh. Ooh. I think that I would have that that whole wheat bread with like all the seeds in it and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think I would. Like, like a Dave's Killer bread? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't have that on the East Coast. Oh, I miss it. Oh. Okay, so that, I think I would toast it to make sure it didn't get soggy. Like just lightly toast it. Add. Okay. I'm not sure whether I'd go with the creamy or the crunchy peanut butter, but like mm-hmm. something there. And then I don't. I might switch out the jam for like bananas and honey. Like Ooh, a grilled banana like and honey. It's kind of. Oh, would you it? Bit? Yes. Yeah, okay. And it sort of turns into a dessert, even though mm-hmm. it's not all that different than a BB&J. Yeah. So, you know, it's got some sweet bits. It's got, like, the crunchiness. I think mm-hmm. it's an all-around strong. The, all the flavor palette <laughs> is there. <laughs> yes, indeed. Okay. Yeah. I like that. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I have not tried that. <laughs> we sometimes panini ours at my house. Really? We put them in the panini, and we just... Yeah. yeah, I don't think I've ever peed. But it like heats up the jam a lot, so it's like warm. You have to like put peanut butter, peanut butter, and make like your yeah, own so uncrustable. <laughs> I'm sorry, I I have eaten a lot of uncrustables in college. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to that. Mm. Okay, do you want to ask this question? Yeah, moving on, I guess. Um, you got to attend SDLC, which is a student leadership and diversity conference that we have at our school. Um, so, what was that experience like? I guess looking back from college, what was the most meaningful part of that? Mm. Well, the first time I went was my freshman year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Kiefer and I were the only freshmen in attendance, and we. Do you want to give listeners just a little idea of like what SDLC yeah. is oh, yeah. first? Uh, SDLC is the Student Diversity and Leadership Conference. It's a national conference that has, I think, it's grown to roughly fifteen hundred students that attend. Mm-hmm. But when I went, it was. 12, 1300 from all over the nation. There's a few international students who come together to discuss uh, diversity issues for three days of, of, you know, everything from racism to sexism to issues pertaining to sexuality and ability. And it's just a phenomenal conference with student leaders from across the nation. So Mm -hmm. you get to bounce your ideas off people and hear what's working for other people and what isn't and you know educate yourself on issues that you maybe don't know the most about it's really uh, a cool place to go and when I first went as a freshman uh, I was 14 sort of new to all the diversity stuff and very scared <laughs> because I was in a room full of like 70 people my like they kind of break you down into smaller and smaller groups so you know there's the 1300 and then there's your family groups which are family or home groups, I can't quite remember, which are, you know, 40 to Mm 60-ish, and then smaller down to like 10. But it was just people that I didn't know who all came from very different backgrounds, and I was not the most confident high school freshman ever. So I didn't... Who is? (laughs) Yeah, I didn't speak that much. And um, then there are these uh, affinity groups that most of them are race-based, but there's also an LGBTQ one. My freshman year, I was too scared to go to that one, Mm -hmm. in part because I knew that there were other students from U-Prep going, and I didn't want that information coming back here at the time. So I went to the white affinity group, and we could, like, hear all the other ones, like, cheering around us, and ours was pretty somber. Like, all right, this was maybe not the move, but, you know, still learned a lot. 
and I am still close with so many people that I met there. One of them, I actually stayed with him in New York when I went to a concert there earlier this year. Mm -hmm. So I met him almost five, six years ago, and we're still close. So from there, you know, we came back. We had, that was the first year I think that we had a big bring it back where we yeah. mm -hmm. tried to convey a portion of what we learned to our community at large. And hey, what did we do that year? I remember what we the, did the next year. Was, that, was, that, was that the first social justice day? Yeah, I, I thought the first so. social justice day was when I was in seventh grade. I yeah. think so. And with that one, that I think was already really in the works by the time we came back from SDLC. You know, Chauvet mm -hmm. and Pedro had already done a ton okay. of work on that. Yeah. So the student contribution that year was more like, we're going to assemble all these workbooks and, you know, distribute them. And it was more the... Um, logistics of the day got it and sort of as things went on students took a bigger and bigger role on i don't quite know what it looks like anymore but just to kind of jump in if you want to know <laughs> what it looks like now is um they do all day tracks for some kids and then workshops for other kids and all of it's yeah. created by all the content is obviously organized and men's work from chevette and pedro mm -hmm. still but um all the content is created by either students or teachers so like Yay. i'm planning an all-day track this year mm -hmm. i planned an all-day track last year there's usually okay. some sort of service mentor like for example i did gentrification last year so mm -hmm. there was we got to meet with all community members yeah um like mm -hmm. throughout seattle yeah, yeah, so you kind of pretty hands on different now, things, and cool. the workshops are cool because they're only like ninety minutes, so it gives right. students who are just like want to dip their toe in the pond mm -hmm. chance to just plan a ninety minute thing, and it can be on like almost anything. Yeah. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do they still have like a Bring It Back Day be separate from that Social Justice Day? Last year, Bring It Back. <laughs> last year, Bring It Back was weird. Okay, it back, like, did. Almost didn't happen. Oh, it almost didn't happen did. my senior year too. It was know. like me and Samia. To like 7 yeah. p.m. the night before, and Trivet was so upset with all of us, which was more than valid. But I think there was like some sort of poetry type thing, but I can't okay. remember if that was before or after. I don't remember if yeah. bring it. I don't remember. If, I was some discussion of bring it back being content people could do outside of the school yeah. day. Like I know I talked to Morgan about making a podcast because she knew about this podcast, and she's like, we can make a podcast. I don't know if that ever happened. I don't think it did. Someone did not tell me about that. Yeah, because um, <laughs> freshman year, I don't remember what we did for the bring it back, but this, my sophomore year, uh, we were more support people because I didn't go that year, mm -hmm. and they did um, this silent movement thing that we do at SDLC where they list off different identifiers, and if that's how you identify, you stand up, mm -hmm. but we knew that some people wouldn't necessarily be comfortable doing that in front of the entire school, so we gave people these little half sheets like a couple days before and asked them to fill them out and then mixed it up and people stood up for someone else so it was still representative but you weren't like attached to your identifiers. Yeah. Yeah. Did they do that my your senior year too? Because I, I think they did that did. my sophomore year. Twice. I think we did and yeah. I think the really funny thing was is my sophomore year like the girl that I was dating got mine and knew it <laughs> and I just was sitting and would kind of look back and she was just sort of glaring at me like you're making me look dumb because you circled two of these and it doesn't make sense to anyone but you <laughs> like all right this is great so that was fun <laughs> yeah because I remember I did that my sophomore year mm -hmm. yeah which like you would have been a senior then yeah, so yeah. I think that we kind of space it out so that everyone hopefully gets a chance to do it mm -hmm. when they're kind of later in their high school years and earlier so that yeah. you can mm -hmm. kind of see how the school demographics change how you personally have changed we also did speeches that year. Speeches were good. You had a really yeah, good one. Yeah. Samia so did a really good one, too. Ooh, they censored my... Okay, right. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, probably in my, in my best interest, though, Sarah was like, 
you know, you could give this speech, but you're stuck here for another 12 weeks and you're probably going to have to deal with the repercussions of it if you do. So, like, just be aware of that. Mm-hmm. And so I toned it down a little bit. I do think that stuff's interesting because, like, from a planning angle, you probably haven't gotten to see the impact it's had as much. But, like, yeah. from a viewership angle, I don't know. Every brain, I remember every, almost every, like, bring it back. I remember almost every social justice day, like, in a meaningful way. Okay. And, like, I don't yeah. know that people. That might not be true for everyone. But yeah, I think it's definitely true for me. I think, I don't know. I mean, like, I remember that speech you gave. I remember yeah. the speech that's me. I remember the speech that Alex gave. Like, I don't know. Oh, Laura, Laura Zog yeah. cried during Alex's yeah. speech because <laughs> he'd changed so much since sixth grade. It was so cute. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I gave a different speech to the middle school because that was kind of a little, a little much for them. Yeah. But uh, I got my heart problem and then was later contacted by a parent of one of the middle schoolers at the time who mm-hmm. whose kid had the same problem and mm-hmm. so they wanted to talk to me kind of about my experience with that. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They originally wanted to talk to my parents. My parents were like, nah, she she went to every doctor's appointment by herself. Maybe talk to her instead. <laughs> like, all right. Yeah, she's her own human being by this point. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that and then senior social yes. justice day, I put together a panel for the middle school students who well, they sort of got to opt into it, and it was a panel of predominantly queer upper school students who identified in different ways that they could mm-hmm. ask, you know, whatever question that they wanted. And Dan Paradin was the faculty advisor of the room, so he was just doing a crossword and not really listening, <laughs> which was for the best. Yeah. Know? And, you know, we got some funny ones, something about, like, what's your favorite cupcake flavor, down to, like, oh... I think one of them was crushes on straight people are the worst. How do I get over it? We were like, oh, honey, you don't. You just die. You just give up. But that one. That one. And then there was a cute one that was like, my girlfriend and I are dating, but like not particularly out. We're kind of worried about how our peers will react. This is me from two years ago. So that was that was a cute. That was a good good moment. I think there's a middle school GSA now. Um, yeah, which like I've seen the meeting in the most like started like last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I I remember I remember um Paradin and Valerino and one other teacher who's Emma question mark. I don't remember their last name. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's good. I'm glad to hear that it's not necessarily like primarily student driven, but that that's a greater portion of it now and that people mm-hmm. get to yeah. use their strengths to help their classmates grow that's awesome yeah it's cool good good it's very cool so coming like back to sdlc as a senior mm-hmm. what oh, was yeah. that different <laughs> that growth well instead of being in texas it was in florida well that's <laughs> no. quite a different experience <laughs> yeah no um going my senior year it's much more confident and just more secure in my identity and so I didn't necessarily speak all that much my freshman year, and I didn't all that much my senior year either, but it was less about missed opportunities and more about realizing that there were people who probably should have been taking that space before me. Mm-hmm. So that it was still wonderful. I still met loads of people that I'm still quite close with. Actually, one of my very best friends at Brown is someone I met through the conference. So that's, mm, that's awesome. It creates a big network of people, but it's something mm-hmm. where going a second time you're more aware of the limitations but you're also better able to help people who are new like mm-hmm. learn more i also uh there's a limit of like six students who can go but we just we sort of snuck in like eight to ten mm-hmm. <laughs> almost every year up until last year 
So uh, I was actually, I think, registered through another school, and so I couldn't <laughs> go to the 201, which is like for people who are going a second time. But it was still, it was, it was really good, and just when you go as a freshman, almost every there's not that many freshmen there, so it's a lot mm-hmm. of people who are older than you who are talking about things that they've experienced that have happened to them that are quite powerful. Mm-hmm. And then going as a senior, the same thing happens, but most of them are younger than you. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of a very different perspective in that way, just because when you're you know, 14 years old, you're looking up at these people like, oh, okay, like this makes sense. You're technically an adult. You've experienced yeah. some things. And then as a senior, you're like, you're a child and you had to deal with that. And you just yeah, want to hug everybody. It's very different. It is very different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's still just as wonderful. And uh, one thing that was very nice is I got to be, you know, a peer facilitator or something. Mm-hmm. And one of the adult faculty members who's been a part of it from the beginning remembered me from my freshman year. <laughs> I was like, oh, yay. It's probably just because I have a weird name, but we're going to pretend mm-hmm. it's because I stood out. Yeah. <laughs> Which time you went, do you think the learning curve was steeper? Ooh, definitely the freshman year. Because mm-hmm. the senior year, it you realize that it's very surface level. Like, you don't dive particularly deep into very many things, and that's sort of limiting in some ways. I don't know how 201 is. But um, the freshman year, a lot of it was new because I was fairly new to diversity stuff. I think I'd only started, like, my seventh grade year, and it was because Laura Zog sort of prodded me into going to SDLR when it was here. Mm-hmm. And I slept on the gym floor and I can still point out the spot. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a lovely floor, but it's not meant for sleeping. <laughs> so so it was it was new and everyone was older than me and I mm-hmm. you know had traveled a bit but didn't know people from, you know, North Carolina right. or like Ohio or just the same way that you do even as an older high school student, but definitely in college, where there's just so many people from all over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's definitely the freshman year had the steeper learning curve. Yeah, for sure. So the next question I wanted to ask you about was you helped start um, the event, the GSA Invitational, um, when you were a junior. And so my question for you was that's obviously a very big event to plan at, you know, pretty young age in high school. I'm sure you're balancing schoolwork and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Like, to other kids who might have ideas for things they want to start, um, like, where did you start with that? Like, what was, like, I don't know. I think a lot of people look at, like, you know, big things they want to plan or accomplish and think, well, that's just too big. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think if they start small, maybe they could get somewhere. So in that process, kind of where did, where, what was your first step once you had that idea? And how did you get, kind of get through the process of being able to plan that event? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want someone who can really, really go in depth on that, Claire Mao is a good fit. Okay. She mm-hmm. was really the point person there. I was mm-hmm. focusing more on the SDLC Bring It Back and the Social Justice Day. But mm-hmm. with that, what happened, if I remember correctly, is uh, it wasn't PFLAG. I think it might have been GLAD had mm-hmm. a state event that they usually ran and they just didn't that year or like didn't mm-hmm. invite us or something happened where it's like, fine, we're going to make our own event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we did. And it was something that took a lot of effort from a lot of different people. You know, Mm -hmm. Morel worked on it a lot, Lindsay Carter, Talia Randall, because you're sort of starting from the ground. You're like, okay, we have this template kind of that we've seen Mm -hmm. put to use, and we sort of have to figure out what do we want 
to come out of this? Like, who do we want to come? What do we want people to get out of this? Mm-hmm. Who are we inviting? When are we going to have it? And it, as you said, can be very overwhelming, especially for people who are younger and don't have a whole lot of experience with that. Yeah. So I think first we thought about, you know, what do we want people to get out of this? And part of it was, you know, generate a community for people who may only have this tiny little GSA circle at their school, Mm -hmm. who maybe don't have a whole lot of friends that they can relate to in that way. Mm -hmm. And then also sort of learning experience that can take a lot of different forms because I think we had like, there was like a self-defense thing. Mm -hmm. There was, uh, I think, Hannah Klein's mom came in. She's a fertility specialist, Mm -hmm. OBGYN, and talked about different options there, which might have been uh, putting the cart before the horse a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But just things like that. So really like a wide range of things. Mm -hmm. And then it was a matter of, you know, contacting people and seeing like, are you willing and able to come and be a presenter or do you want to come and participate in this? And uh, yeah, no, (laughs) the GSA was a bit of a mess at that time. Mm -hmm. It was a lovely group of people who more just wanted a space to feel safe and talk and whatnot as opposed to like mm-hmm. plan a big event um so it was, it was slow going and really claire mao was um pulling that sled by herself yeah. a lot of the time but it did come together people got a lot out of it some people i mean our health class when i had help here which was six years ago mm-hmm. oh god um, it was not good. It wasn't even good for the straight people with the sex ed part. So everybody else was just like, well, I guess we have the internet. And um, so that was one big thing that people seem to get out of it is sort of healthy and safe practices in that department. Mm-hmm. And just having a community and like, here's ways you can get involved and here's how you can find your people. Even when you're stuck in this high school environment, a lot of the time that for some people is not particularly supportive. Yeah, it's decent. And I mm-hmm. remember my senior year as well, we had those um, like self-selected affinity group type things that were mm-hmm. more based on experiences mm-hmm. than identifiers. We still do those. They yeah. do? Yeah. Uh, they're doing a bunch for the upcoming social justice day. They're doing like a ton of them in like a lot of different areas. Like people are doing ones in like family structure mm-hmm. and like they're going kind of like ability. They're going even getting even more um i think off people yeah, which i think is really cool race based and religion based and mm-hmm. just like yeah, i think there's really kind of like a small lot for really small. Yeah. yeah like at um, least i was in the like south asian american one that was like maybe 10 people maybe yeah, like yeah. five to ten people i think was last year so i don't mm-hmm. know yeah no that this is inherently flawed yeah in the school <laughs> where a good portion of the population is white kids yeah mm-hmm. but we had the LGBTQ community one my senior year where all the faculty that self-identified that way came in Mm -hmm. just sort of were like just there sort of here we are if you need us kind of thing Mm -hmm. and I think we had something like 43 kids which you know caused some like happy meltdowns for people later which I mean we were expecting like 12 you Mm -hmm. know and to know that there had been that many people who were out there and didn't necessarily feel comfortable either coming to GSA or publicly identifying that way, it kind of showed that there was a long way to go, but also the upper school is what, like 350 people? That's a a solid chunk. Mm -hmm. That's a a decent sized chunk. And so it also, I think, helped in that department 
when it comes to people like Siobhan and Sarah like, mm-hmm. pushing to do stuff like that more, saying, hey, that's, that's a good chunk of our student population, mm-hmm. and that's... This is only the first time we've done this. Yeah, and the software so. we don't talk about it all, Mm-mm. all that much, except yeah. for besides those maybe two days of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's true for all the social justice stuff we do. Yeah, it's like that's true. It's very but I mean it's, it's like getting, some of the like stuff getting, is incorporated in like hist- history. It really depends on what English classes. Yeah, it does depend on what yeah. class. Depends on who your teacher is. But I mean, sexuality is something that is not. You can't cover <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that doesn't get covered in history um, class all that much. Yeah, no, and. I think that exposing people to all that in high school is very good, but there are some issues with making it a curriculum requirement just Mm -hmm. because some people Mm -hmm. are going to resent that, which almost hurts you, but it sort of Mm -hmm. depends on your community, I think, when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Speaking about representation, actually, what I ended ended up writing my Common App essay about it, which makes mm-hmm. me feel old because it was a long time ago now <laughs> but um my junior year <laughs> my junior year which that's you right like, now last year. That, me in two months yeah though that uh, have that fun was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but um my junior year there was a teacher like a faculty staff administration in service about representation in the curriculum and it was when Chevette was out on maternity leave mm-hmm. and uh they put together a panel of students to talk about it. And it was a panel that was primarily POC, actually it was exclusively. And then when we were all in the diversity office trying to plan it before, we were like, hey, can we kind of mention some gay stuff? <laughs> and um, we're like, sidebar. <laughs> Seth was like, oh, do you want to be on the panel? And I was like, no. But um, I tried to get Hugo, who graduated, the, mm-hmm. or, who was a senior at the time, is also at Brown now. I tried to get him to do it. He was not about it. <laughs> so I ended up on this diversity panel in front of the entire adult population of UPrep. Like all the faculty. Faculty, staff, oh, admin. Oh, well. oh admin? That, I admin feel like too. admin is the line that that's crosses. The Literally like, all of them. Yeah. I drank four water bottles in 20 <laughs> How, minutes. Um, what grade were you in? I was a junior, okay. right before I had heart surgery. Um, oh, was it, was, it was a stressful yeah, day. Yeah, it was stressful got to sit there and talk to them about how the only representation that I'd had in the sexuality department in my entire U-Prep career up until that point had been niece of shame in white teeth in 10th grade English <laughs> with Sivian's little she was like no she gets named somewhere in there I'm like okay but they refer to her as niece of shame <laughs> 9 out of 10 times <laughs> so I had that we had it came up one time in health class when Whitney was like listing reasons that people might take their own life because that's a good time for that to come up <laughs> and then we had Glee at the time that was a thing that was really it and um, I watched every season of Glee and cried in the finale, so <laughs> I gave up after a while. But that was um give up on the first like three episodes, I think. I just die hard, start I mean, to finish. That started when I was in sixth grade, so yeah. it was really like you know, they were all coming out and I was like, Oh was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> this is familiar. But um and so did that. It was just me being like very emotional or a lot of tears involved because mm-hmm. it stressed me out. I was like, if any one of these people mentions this right. to my parents, I'm so screwed. And people kept hugging me for days after, which was like people I'd never spoken to. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like, know who you are. Oh, that's intense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that's like, tough. I don't do music. And it was like, 
Mr. Parker, and I'm like, okay, you're nice, but like, I don't know you. <laughs> Random middle school teachers who I'd never spoken to before. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it gave me a comment at that essay, though, and it seemed like even if it didn't, you know, immediately create change, they already had that English, the English elective thing in, um, in the back of their head. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> now they have a elective too in gender and sexuality. Right? They do. They have. Uh, they do now. They have. Uh, no, it's so, <laughs> so you know, like they do U.S. history topics. So they do U.S. Yeah, history topics, and now. they now but they actually do topics instead of just calling yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, so um, they do yeah. different topics. So, like, I was in current events, but there's a gender and sexuality mm-hmm. one. There's current events. There's war and peace, war and, peace and race and immigration. Yeah. Oh, yeah. fabulous. Mm-hmm. I do think just I was not in it, but observing the gender and sexuality one became a lot more about um, feminism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I wasn't in it, about but that was the vibe I got from it a lot of the time. I'm, um, I'm, I'm not surprised. We kind of <clears throat> bail on sexuality things sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... I also think it's really heavily female class, so I think a lot of mm-hmm. it, like there's like one guy in it, so I think a lot of the time that was where discussions would go. I mean, I wasn't yeah. in it, so I can't actually. How did say. you observe it? I just like, <laughs> I, just I listen to people. I listen to people talking about okay, the history, like what they're talking about, like their yeah. assignments. I have a lot of friends in it, mm-hmm. just noticing the assignments, <laughs> noticing what's happening. I'm more perceptive than people think. <laughs> I spend a lot of time talking, but I spend a lot of time listening too. <laughs> I'm not attacking you. Yeah. Sure. yeah, so I'm glad that we have that and that it seems to be moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, slowly but surely. It's I will say better than when I was here. The younger grades at our school, there are a lot of kids who are like in my grade, in the grade below me, I would say there's not that many kids who are like out. But in the yeah, grade below that, grade, ninth grade, there are like a lot of kids who seem mm-hmm. a lot more comfortable. And who are with a lot more invested in. Um, like GSA and things like that. Yeah, that's good. Like I think the middle school GSA does more than the upper oh, school totally. one. To be honest, 100%. like I'm in the upper school yeah. GSA and like I love the leaders. They're like a wonderful people, but like we've met once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the middle school GSA is like every meeting like time. Every I'm like week. see them and they're just like having a great time, yeah. and I'm like that looks awesome. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's events good. too. They're like so on top of it. Mm-hmm. We had a movie night with them yeah. one time. But um, yeah, no, it's. It's good to see them doing that and that they have people that they can talk to mm. because I will say I've seen a clear <laughs> I will say I've seen a clear difference between guys and girls. Oh, like yeah, I think and I was um talking to one of the like someone in the faculty about this recently, but like the guys I would say there's a lot less yeah. mm-hmm. acceptance of that, yeah. a lot less room for that than amongst girls at the school and mm-hmm. the guys are definitely still <laughs> Yeah, that was an observation that was made, I think, when I was here as well, (laughs) by faculty and students alike, that it's just harder and people feel less comfortable with that, Mm -hmm. which is unfortunate and hopefully will change. (laughs) Yeah. Because sometimes, like, people, college is wonderful, but it, it is nice to go in with some experience, like, just knowing yourself a little bit better than just yeah, sort of yeah. being like a drop kicked into the deep end like brown mm-hmm. has a queer frat that i live right above right now <laughs> so that's that was interesting to get there and be like wow this is a this is a thing that's there mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very interesting community of people and just the fact that people have a community outside of 
the GSA that does exist mm-hmm. and outside mm-hmm. of that particular fraternity and pe- like the athletic community. Sorry, I tried to say athlete and athletic at the same time. It didn't work. <laughs> um, the rugby team mm-hmm. was very, very queer last year, less so this year, but um, just people being able to find their people once they leave your prep is good, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have to be waiting to get out of here to find that. Mm, I would say that makes sense because mm-hmm. it shouldn't be just like oh it like it shouldn't be oh I'm waiting for college for things to get better yeah because that sucks yeah because a lot of people have a lot more years mm-hmm. why do you keep blocking me I because four years left. because I have way less time than you okay it's <laughs> <laughs> moving on a little okay, bit moving on to college <laughs> College! So much more different. Okay, so <laughs> what's it been like to move from a school environment where maybe you've had more opportunities to be at the top of your class, and that's been maybe more apparent, mm. to a, like a school like Brown where everyone's at the top of their classes? Oh my god. I think the <laughs> everybody has imposter syndrome all yeah. the time. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, with the, exact, with the exception of think some of the legacy kids are more like i deserve to be here which no, is fascinating yeah i feel like they would do you think like deep, do you think like deep down inside of them it's like there's a lot of self-doubt but like no. outwardly, <laughs> outwardly I mean, they project like i can do this like it's just I mean, like, deep maybe, secure insecurity but i also like one of the funniest things to happen last year is some kid was like arguing with a professor in a huge lecture class mm-hmm. and the kid was wrong like just just was like it was something that wasn't really up for debate debate and um one of the big dining halls is called the sharp refectory and uh the professor asked like oh what's your name and the kid's last name was sharp and he said oh like the like the dining hall and the kid was like yeah he's like oh this explains a lot and then just <laughs> continued with his lectures so. That's not to say, like, explains a lot. Like, some of the legacy kids, like, obviously very much do deserve right. to be there and mm-hmm. all of that. <laughs> but it's just, it's fascinating mm-hmm. just to see how that works out. How is the food? <laughs> it varies. We have a nice little, like, vegetarian place that's under mm-hmm. the other cafeteria that, you know, is open till, like, midnight and I can get tacos. So like we're good. It's solid. <laughs> it's solid. There's um like an equivalent of the Av where there's mm-hmm. a good bit of food. Yeah, I've, I've been to yeah. the campus, so I know what you're about. Yeah, <laughs> she didn't know that. Dr- you know how there's locks and then there's dry smoked salmon. Yeah, he didn't know dry smoked salmon was a thing, and I'm deeply upset. <laughs> they just like didn't know. It was... No, I said smoked salmon. And they thought I meant locks. I'm like, no, that's locks. Like smoked salmon. It's different. So that that was upsetting. <laughs> and there's no good Asian food <laughs> at all. I'm I'm fully comfortable making that blanket statement about Providence. <laughs> like it's just I got here, I had sushi, I cried. <laughs> That's how that went. I gave up immediately. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had Thai food. I hugged the little lady at the Thai place I go to a lot. Like that's how that went. <laughs> so it's definitely there's a lot this different seafood. There's more oysters and lobster. Not that I eat a lot of seafood, but just there's a seafood festival, and I went oh, to that, that because I like seafood. Anyways, um, what were we talking about? About oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I like food. Me um, too. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, I'm still doing quite well. I have maintained a good GPA and all of that, but it's not 
it's not that it doesn't come as easily. It's I learned that I didn't know how to study mm. at all because mm. I didn't really have to here with the exception yeah. of maybe like Cal 2 and quant physics. Uh-huh. That was... <laughs> that describes my life so perfectly. I'm in both I'm Calc 2 and Quant physics right now. Uh-huh. I'm just like, and you're just like, well, I'm like, I'll wow. just die. Yeah. <laughs> and it's something that like, it is manageable, but those are so like application based. Yeah. Whereas I had physio and immuno the same semester this mm-hmm. last, this last semester actually. And it was just a lot of information. And luckily, only one of those two was cumulative. And lecture capture is the most beautiful thing to ever happen to me in my life. But it is definitely a shift. And you can, there's some kids who, like, they just have learned how to study really well and they work really hard. And there's kids who just, it just comes to them naturally. It's a solid mix. And then there's people who are like, I was the top of my class. I don't know what's happening now. <laughs> so it's a it's an interesting mix. And there's people there who have never had that kind of academic support before. And so they mm-hmm. don't know to look for it. Right. Because, you know, there are tutors available. And there is, like, a writing center and a science center and all of that. But if you've not had that, you're not going to know it exists. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, that that's probably a big thing in the first semester or two of college just find out what's available to you so that you can make use of it i think that's true you prep too like i think there's resources kids don't necessarily know they can tap into yeah because they don't necessarily Um, tell you about it no no they don't tell you and not everyone knows to look because there's there's people Mm -hmm. who've just been like fighting to keep their head above water their whole lives you know like there's um some of the rugby alums that now live in seattle that i had lunch with over the summer Mm -hmm. where one of them uh, had zero parental contribution just her parents like, didn't have any money to give her and mm-hmm. so she was on scholarship but not full scholarship and just was working her butt off the whole time mm-hmm. you know <laughs> like find jobs where like the hours are flexible and you're not supervised <laughs> you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. to sort of stretch things as far as you can and the other one was on full scholarship but only for tuition and room mm-hmm. not like associated fees mm-hmm. So just the ways that people make things work and then our students on top of that, I think that a lot of times, hmm. I mean, sometimes it's less acknowledged, like if you're perceived as being fairly well off, people might not understand how much you're struggling with that. But if people are very clearly like working two, three, four jobs on top of being a student mm-hmm. and then some of them are like athletes on top of that, mm-hmm. People people know how hard you're working, and even if you're not at the top of your class, that doesn't mean that you're not smart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just means that you don't necessarily have the time to put into studying that some of the peers might, just mm-hmm. because of where they are in life. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's it's sort of like taking a high school spectrum and just like stretching it very far in either direction. Oh, which interesting. Because mm-hmm. like, I was gonna say, like I think. Kids like that exist at U Prep too, where mm-hmm. they're not not smart. Um, right now, they're taking the bus from Auburn every day. Yeah. Exactly, mm-hmm. or there's something else going on that just is, right. mm-hmm. you know, swamping them mentally and like mm-hmm. you know whatever mm-hmm. that might be. And it's not that there isn't potential or capability there, but mm-hmm. yeah. there are other factors. Yeah, and I think that mm-hmm. Brown does a good job with that. There's a lot of deans in place to mm-hmm. to help you when you are struggling with things like that. Like I got a concussion. My first concussion mm-hmm. ever was my first month of college. And so 
getting that sorted was loads of fun, but they gave me, you know, an official course load reduction so that I could drop a class and didn't have to read as much mm -hmm. until I was feeling better. And so that was actually pretty easy to get sorted and didn't yeah. take me fighting yeah. tooth and nail on top of being like very dizzy all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was definitely mm -hmm. good. And I think that a lot of colleges probably have similar things in place mm -hmm. as long as you know to look for them. Yeah, it just matters seeking those things out. Mm -hmm. I practice seeking those things out too. Yeah. Like, many, I feel like as a college freshman, you, you wouldn't be as comfortable like seeking out teachers all the time, especially mm -hmm. if you maybe come from a place where you don't need to do that or if you don't want to, things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like asking for help is a skill. Yeah, asking for help is definitely a skill. Yeah. yeah, I think we're, it's, we're very well practiced here, at least. But mm, it depends. Yeah, like, <laughs> almost mean, abused sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on who you are. Like I think. Depends on who you are. I think people definitely do, but then I also know people who are afraid of teachers. Or no, well, not just afraid of seeming weak. Exactly, like afraid of seeming weak yeah. or afraid of of having their issues be belittled and lessened. Right. That one. And also, having <laughs> your peers see you as your trying to get help for I also something think that you don't want to see uh -huh. people like you're who assume everyone else is struggling yeah. as much as they are. Yeah. And so they are like, well, they're all getting through it, so like I shouldn't be asking for right. help. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, so I would I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily for me, my first year advisor is, is very similar in personality to Sarah Peterson, who is essentially <laughs> like my mom. Mm -hmm. So that that was very helpful for me. She learned quickly that I respond well to SAS. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, and then one of my professors who I actually have for two classes this coming semester is like besties with her so he just knew me from like sitting in on my meetings with my advisor yeah so that's just, nice yeah it's just interesting how you mm -hmm. meet people well yeah. there are a million other questions we would love to ask you but we're out of time so um um so I guess we'll just ask one kind of fun question mm -hmm. before we end and if you go to Disneyland with any one US politician who would you go with um, hmm. You can't talk politics, I think. It's just Disneyland. It's <laughs> just hanging out, just riding the rides. Getting some Mickey Mouse ears, perhaps uh, a beverage. Perhaps a beverage. Perhaps a beverage. I would say either Obama or Elizabeth Warren. Okay. So. I like those. All right. Thank you so much, Dory. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah.